This is the Mercy Talk podcast. Mercy Talk is brought to you by Mercy Multiplied. We exist to encourage, equip, and empower both men and women with the same biblically-based principles we've seen work for over 35 years in our residential homes. If you want to find out more, head on over to mercymultiplied.com. Hey everyone, and welcome back to a new month here on Mercy Talk. I'm one of your hosts, Rachel Thomas, and I'm joined today by the lovely Brooke Keels and Melanie Wise. Hey, hey guys. guys. Sorry, Whoa. I said hey at the same time. <laughs> Brooke? Hey. Hey. <laughs> Again, you know, we just love yeah. intros and outros. They're our, yeah. they're our thing. <laughs> to make me feel weird. We're I don't like it. Yeah. It's okay. It's all good. We're going to do it every time. But we're pumped to be here with you guys today. And we're especially excited um, for this new series. Today we're kicking off for the month of February. Um, a new series. And I know I say often, man, I'm so excited. This is like going to change your life and it's the best thing I've ever, we've ever done. And, but I actually mean it this time for real, like <laughs> for really, for really. <laughs> Melanie actually told me about this book when I first came on staff at Mercy, um, about a year or so ago. And I remember thinking, Oh, that's cool. Like cute name rooting for rivals, which is the book title. <laughs> uh, but then I read it mm. and it was a kick in the teeth. I told every day. you. I every told day. you it would be. She did. Yeah. She did. Um, but so the actual title of the book, and I love this, is Rooting for Rivals, How Collaboration and Generosity Increase the Impact of Leaders, Charities, and Churches. And so um, if that title feels to you like, well, I'm not on the board anywhere. I'm not a leader. I don't have, you know, a technical title. Um, hold on, because I promise mm-hmm. this actually dives into so much more uh, than just surface behaviors here for like corporate leaders or managers mm-hmm. at mercy you know we are always passionate about getting to the root and this book is all about getting to the root of envy and striving and comparison and just that unrest in our own hearts with working with other people mm-hmm. so mel you want to kind of like steer us and give the folks a clue as to where we're headed yeah absolutely it's funny you listed those three things i'm like oh, those are probably my three greatest struggles of life oh, so yeah I was here like, we go oh, well it's gonna be great oh, you're not alone <laughs> yeah um welcome to the club i so this book um actually we are really closely connected with an organization here called mission increase um if you haven't heard of them, look them up. They're fantastic. Um, but this book was going to be released, and they were actually getting a handful of people to read it in advance. <clears throat> and I think it was maybe on the release day. I don't remember. They were going to do kind of a and a with some people who had pre-read the book. So I was like, I'll do it. I had some, I had the ability at the time to do it. I laugh at that. Like, oh, I had time. Before, before the baby. Yeah. <laughs> Everything changed. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I, I volunteered to do it and I was so glad that I did because I don't know that I would have, I don't know if I would have picked it up or not if I hadn't, right. you know, been encouraged to do that. And so, um, man, every page I turned, I was like, holy cow, this book. Oh my word, this book. And so. I definitely was encouraging everyone afterwards, like, you need to read this. Everyone should read this. And so I, I, I am excited because, yeah, I think that the book is, is kind of directed towards, yeah, organization, churches, um, and, and things of that nature. But like, as I was even looking through the notes for this podcast series that we're about to do, it's about us as people. Yeah. And it's about the way that we function. It's about the way that for we sure. see the Lord. It's about the way that we see even, who we would consider our personal rivals. It doesn't just have to be business to business, organization to organization, but like, and I know some of you out there are like, I don't have rivals. I used to have rivals when I was in junior high and was on the football team, you know, but like, if you don't recognize that you do probably, and you just don't even realize that, or you don't call them that by name and just seeing, you know, 
the rest of the world sometimes as your competition in various areas, you know? And so it's just, it's going to speak, I think, to everyone, not just like we said, not just people who run organizations, Yeah. even though that is kind of who the book is, is directed towards. Sure. Um, I don't think that's really where we're headed in this series specifically. So I'm excited about it. And, you know, I think a really great thing to kind of, as far as just lay the foundation, lay some groundwork on where we're headed with this is to start with a question that I think that they ask in the book that really, I think, just gets to the heart of it. And the question is, what would life look like if we stopped caring about who was bigger or more well-known and instead embraced the upside-down kingdom of humility, generosity, and interdependence? Mm. Well, hello. I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) well, you know, I don't know. It's just like you hear hear teachings on Jesus and the upside-down kingdom and humility and humility and I don't know. It's just funny because I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I look at the way that I operate and think and work from week to week. And I'm like, there's not a lot (laughs) that would be marked by those things, you know? And I'm just like, truly, I just think it's such a good question. What would it look like? What would life look like? What would the world look like if people operated from that place? Which I think we all know in our heads, the way Jesus operated is the best way to operate. It really is. Yes. And... Yeah, we, we struggle so much with that. And so I just love that question. And, you know, I just, if you're, if you're not really zoning in on what that even means, think about, okay, what happens to you when you look at someone who got the promotion that you were after? What does it look like when someone gets that raise or gets that new car or gets that vacation or gets the, Oh, I'm not that got personal. Okay, sorry. Already, okay. Yeah, uh, I was like, I went to Disney World. <laughs> it was you, Brooke. That's why it's yeah. been weird, right? Sorry. Here. Oh, okay, <laughs> no, okay. I went a lot, actually. Uh, so. Or even just like the recognition. <laughs> y'all, I don't know if y'all struggle with this, but like, it may not be like a title change or a raise, but like if I worked hard for something and someone else gets the recognition. Oh, man, that's or, hard. You know, just, or just if someone gets recognition in general, sometimes yeah. I can struggle. I know for me, it's just a lot about my own personal wounds from the past, you know, sure and needing enough. recognition and needing accolades and praise and all that. But whatever it is for you, what happens inside of you when you see mm. that happening for someone else, especially someone who like deep down in your heart, you got some, some sort of competitive vibe with, you know, sure. what happens? And, and honestly, I think there's probably a wide range of things that people might say, but mm. a lot of people are going to go to that place of it's envy. It's mm-hmm. jealousy. Um, it's that comparison thing. It's rivalry. Um, it, it, at the very least, sometimes it's just discontent. It's like yeah. someone else got this and I have this, you know? Um, and so I do think the truth is that a lot of those things are all grounded in pride. But yeah. I think kind of where we're headed some today is just also that belief system that so many of us have that says basically like resources are limited. Resources mm-hmm. are running out. And therefore, when someone else wins or when someone else has, I go without or I have less. Right. And it's really a true, like, core belief system. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. I like that that you brought that up. Now, I have not read this book um, and you have laughed at me Mm. about it. (laughs) Um, You know, maybe I'm not ready to go there in my heart uh, (laughs) yet. But anyway, no, but I do. I like that. That's such a um, kind of the scarcity versus abundance mindset. Um, you know, and, and you're right. Like the idea that, cause I mean, I'm incredibly competitive. I want, <laughs> I want to win sometimes specifically in sports. I also enjoy the <laughs> other team losing as much as I enjoy winning. my team winning. Mm-hmm. Like I will watch football games of teams I hate. 
to oh. root for them to lose. Oh, how funny. Wow. Yeah, is that not what you do? Okay. Yeah. That's fine. Uh, <laughs> so, next level. Yeah, yeah. But I don't, you know, I don't know that I've ever thought about that, um, in like interpersonal relationships specifically. Um, but you know, I think at some level you do have to have insight of where that play, you know, when you are a competitive person or you do want to win, there's always like at what cost or, you know, that, but I love, um, what you've just shared with that of if someone else wins, it doesn't mean that you also don't win later. Right. right? And of course, who knows what the Lord's doing in that process mm-hmm. as well. I mean, at the end of the day, there's a trust factor, but, um, you know, and I think that, I mean, it's no surprise that we see these things happening in the world, like scarcity versus, you know, or not believing that God is a God of abundance. Yeah. yeah. Right. I mean, or, you know, even thinking that God's worried about this at all. I mean, yeah. some people don't, you know, mm-hmm. we're just living life and there's, there's nothing else happening there. Um, and it may not seem like a big deal, but I mean, I agree. Like if you do not address that scarcity versus mm-hmm. abundance mindset, you cannot operate in freedom. Mm-hmm. Um, if you are functioning in a poverty mentality and, you know, or orphan mentality, I mean, we've heard all these said in the upside down kingdom, there's also what, you know, what place is it that there will not be enough for me mm-hmm. that, you know, if someone else is getting something, it's because the Lord loves them more. Mm-hmm. Like those are agreements that we make that are incredibly detrimental to just our health and freedom yeah. overall, yeah. you know, yeah. so no, 100%. I mean that, but as far as getting to the root of the issue, like you were saying, it does affect so much. So like a couple of weeks ago when we had Jim Barnett on here talking about the, mm-hmm. the story of the, the prodigal. So you have the two sons and that un, those ungodly beliefs of, well, dad, why did he get more than me? And, and the dad's like, actually everything I have is yours. Like that moment for me was kind of addressing that scarcity versus abundance mindset of actually the Lord, the Lord has is for you. The Lord is not against you. And just because somebody else is flourishing, doesn't mean that he has it out for you or that he doesn't have good things in store for you. Uh, And what it causes me to do just like personal confession is when I, when I fear that scarcity mentality, I just hoard, I hoard, you know, my time, my honestly, like knowledge, as far as if if someone wants to collaborate or, you know, share ideas, I'm like, well, Mm -hmm. I better not dish this one because they might take it. They might steal it and then replicate it. And then I won't get credit for it. And then Mm -hmm. that was my idea and, you know, my whatever. And so a crazy story that I thought just illustrated this perfectly was at the beginning of the book, Peter Greer talks about being in the airport and he is with uh, Hope International. So if you're not familiar with them, kind of that same vein with um, a lot of re- relief work around the world, uh, compassion, world vision. And so think of kind of all of those nonprofits in the same sector. And he saw after speaking at a conference, Peter saw Wes Stafford, uh, who was the president of compassion at the time. And so he went up, he was very brave. I would have this is the two in me. I'd be like, I don't want to bother you. I'm so sorry. <laughs> but he, he was not afraid. And he went up and he was just pretty forthright in saying, Hey, would you have a couple minutes to sit down and just answer some questions? And mm-hmm. he said that Wes was deep in a read, deep in a book. He put it down, put his phone away, put everything away and sat there for the next few minutes, literally at, almost like an open book, just sharing any ideas that he had completely mm-hmm. without any strings attached. Mm-hmm. In fact, he he said, I see if I can remember this correctly, it was almost like a win for them, a win for hope would be a win for compassion. It would mm-hmm. be a win for everyone. Mm-hmm. And he said that kind of changed the way he started to think about what it meant to share resources and that mm-hmm. poverty versus abundance thing that, hey, maybe actually us going in on this together is not 
one loses out. Maybe it's actually a win-win Yeah, for real. Yeah. So anyways, that's just challenged me. Well, and I mean, that speaks so much just to an overall mentality shift of like having a heart and caring more for the kingdom than your own thing, whether that's your own organization, your own agenda, whatever that might be. Mm -hmm. And that is upside down in its, in and of itself, Mm -hmm. because I, I just think there's so many things that I think about, even just with mercy, for example, which is kind of the way that we function business wise, as far as, you know, how we bring in our money. Mm -hmm. Like we don't charge at all for our services. (laughs) We don't take any government funding. We don't Mm -hmm. take any, like we give away 10% of our money. You know, all of the things that we do sounds crazy. Like it sounds completely absurd in like the business world. Anybody would look at that and say, it's a horrible model. What are you doing? It's never going to work. Well, here we are. Yeah. 37 years later, guys. And right. we're just, I, I just think the Lord blessed mm-hmm. Nancy's faithfulness. Now, I'm not saying that that's what the Lord's calling all of you to do. Sure. But the Lord called Nancy to something. It sounded insane. It sounded very upside down, mm-hmm. if you will. And she's been faithful to it. And he has been providing for 37 years. Yeah. So I just think, let's transfer that to this idea. Okay. I think it's pretty clear all throughout scripture that like if we will care for if we will seek first yeah the kingdom like he's going to take care of you yeah. but it just sounds crazy it sounds crazy that i would care more about the kingdom than i would uh, you know or that i would care more about the big picture if you will sure. than about my thing and about pushing my thing yes. and growing my thing you know yes and i think people could even argue well that is caring for the kingdom if i grow my thing it cares for the kingdom but it truly is like you know if you have that mentality of like i really want to push my thing and push mm-hmm. my my organization or whatever my cause more mm-hmm. than the benefit of the kingdom and so i just i was just thinking too about like how you know, we have um, a lot of people who come alongside us and support us or even like our freedom advocacy program mm-hmm. that we have. Yeah. You know, we have people who come alongside and say, we have a passion for freedom. Mm-hmm. Like, that's why we're excited about what you guys do at Mercy, because we're passionate about freedom. Yes. And so there was kind of even a shift that had to happen in us to say, well, what if we started empowering people and resourcing people mm-hmm. to be voices of freedom in their communities? Yes. Now, we want them to share about Mercy because we want people to know that we've got this free program. And if you know right. young women who need help, please send freedom. them our way. We want people to know that. But our goal with like our freedom advocates, for example, is that they would be voices of freedom. And we want to come alongside them, resource them. It's not to push Mercy right. forward but to push that message of freedom. Right. That was a mentality shift for me personally. Cause I was like in this specifically in this program that we're doing, we are saying we care more about, if you will, the cause, yeah. which is freedom yeah. than we do about mercy. Mm-hmm. But I, that it just, I don't know. There's something that resonated in my spirit with that. I was like, that feels right. Yeah. That feels right. That we, it just felt like kingdom over us yeah. kingdom over our organization, you know? And so it's just, it's a crazy backwards thing. It in is, the eyes man. of the world, but like, we just have to trust that if we will do things the way that scripture tells us, to, if we will do things the way that Jesus does them, he's going to bless them a hundredfold. Mm-hmm. You just have to believe that and yeah. have faith in that. Yeah. Looking about possibly starting a program for guys, the biblical principles and everything that you hear um, in this presentation can be used in a male program and, and figure out how you're going to do that. We would love to train you and and tell you more about that. So feel free to go online and and see or give us a call and ask for our director of outreach and we'll get you started on that. As as you were talking, this is what I wrote down, right? When you're focused on the kingdom, 
Right. Your mindset isn't looking around at what everyone else is doing. Oh, right. Girl, this yeah, this worked good. because Nancy said, the Lord said, do this. And she said, okay, if we're truly doing kingdom work, then the, if the Lord has laid something on our hearts, whatever that is, maybe it's children's pastor at your church, you mm-hmm. know, or maybe, I mean, I've seen so many, this digging in my preacher kid side do or it, even it. from counseling, you know, um, in private practice and working with people in ministry, this idea that like they wouldn't grow a team because they didn't want anyone to get more credit oh, wow. for how awesome they were as children's pastors or what, you know, I'm just yeah. kind of mm-hmm. like, yeah. so they were like, no, it's me. Like that there was some value. Mm-hmm. And we talk about this in empower and we've yeah, heard it like, you know, that they would sacrifice everything on the altar of ministry. And then if you didn't, there was no praise that was good enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And yeah. so I think that this like, look what I'm doing for the Lord. Look what I'm doing. But the question is, what has the Lord called you to do? And if we focus on that and keep our attention, okay, like every day, all right, Lord, what is it for yes. today? What mm-hmm. is this for today? Then the rest of it all works out right if mercy was in competition with other people like no we're the only ones that can help people well i don't know if y'all know this but there's more than i mean i got 130 beds Mm-hmm. There's more than that. Yeah. More humans. The need help. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, the hurt is clearly enough to go around. We sure. could not all be good enough to catch up in yeah. some ways, you yeah. know, but if we were, if we did, you know, um, I heard a pastor once say like, I don't want, you know, the Methodist down the street to leave that church and then come down to the Baptist church, right? We're not trying to grow it with other mm-hmm. believers. We need to grow with unbelievers and we need to partner with each other and have community events and, you know, in the communities where the pastors do have, um, you know, where they meet monthly for breakfast and they communicate and they know one another, you can just see the health in that community mm-hmm. from across the board. And so, you know, and I feel like Jesus also talked about, like, he wasn't like, Hey, <laughs> and this is challenging to my heart. All right. Let's just speak. I'm going to go ahead and say that. Um, you know, for being vulnerable. I, know, yes. I don't like it at Special. all. Um, you know, but in just. <laughs> We need other people to be successful. Okay. No, I'm just kidding. But John 17, 23, I think that's right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I don't know. When I start throwing out scripture, Google it. Um, But my prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message that all of them may be one. Father, just as you were in me and I am in you, may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them glory, the glory that you gave me, that they may be as one as we are one, right? In them and you and me, I in them and you and me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. And there is, you know, one of the things I think I've shared on a podcast, I don't know, but, you know, the Lord gave me like divine alignment, Mm -hmm. um, you know, for my own life. I think it's for mercy. I think there's, you know, there's other people in the organization that the Lord's been talking to them about unity. And at the end of the day, if we're going to be good to anyone, we have to do that hand in hand with other people. Mm -hmm. Because as we talk about, you cannot, you have to have a community of people helping someone. It cannot just be you. Yes. You know, and you don't win at the end of the day if you're exhausted and your family doesn't love you. That's right. I mean, they may love you, but you know, they don't really want to be with you. They don't like you. Yeah. They may love you. They don't like you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like that's not winning. Mm -hmm. Yes. I didn't like saying any of it, but it's all true. Yeah. Well, I mean, Hey, (laughs) vulnerable moment for me too. Like I think back, what, you shared and we do share this at empower right. I know we say that a lot guys right. just come do it if you yeah. come just come but we do talk a lot about the importance of helpers having a noble motivation behind yeah. what right. they do and part of that is and so I've, i'm saying this because i think this applies to a lot of people who listen to the show um 
you're not exempt from this. You know, like when you are ministering to other people, you're loving on other people, it can be so easy, so easy for the enemy to get in there and really start to like feed your flesh with that. Oh, and to say, yeah. I mean, where would they be without me? 100%. Yeah. And so talk about little 20, 24 year old youth pastor Melanie starts helping all these girls in loving the fact that all these parents were coming up to her on Sunday morning going, I don't know where my daughter would be without you in her life. And I'm like, yes, 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 yes. It's just feeding this thing in me. That's like, what would the world be without me? Like where all these girls be? be? I'm saving lives and doing everything the Lord told me to do. You know, so I am just like, I mean, that pride thing was growing like crazy (laughs) inside of me. So the day that our pastor came to me and said, Hey, Melanie, your job is going to shift because we're growing. And your job is going to shift now to where instead of you ministering directly to the girls, you're going to minister to people who are going to minister to the girls. And I was like, I mean, you want to talk about kicking and screaming. Who's that hard? I was like, nope, that's not why I got into youth ministry. I'm helping the girls. And I fought that for a while. And I mean, I was literally like, that's not why I got into this. I didn't get into this to work with adults. (laughs) (laughs) And I mean, I tell you what, you want to talk about, I mean, I was so little. I just want to like pat that little girl on the head. Well, no, I'm like, I like that you're 24 in this because I feel like this was me last year. (laughs) Okay. You know? I was like, oh man, I mean, I've, you're like 12, still, you're fine. You, know? <laughs> you were a child, it doesn't yeah. matter. You're good. <laughs> but I mean, truly, like, God had to do some business with me. Yeah. And he's like, okay, if your first and foremost concern is helping the girls, then you don't care what it takes for that to happen. Yeah. Yeah. You can't help all the girls by yourself. Yeah. Are you kidding me? So first of all, you can't do that. Right. But second of all, if if the priority in your heart is the care of the young women in this ministry... Then you will do this. It's good. And, yeah, and you're going to, and no praise is going to come back to you. Like all of those parents that come to you are going to now start going to all these adult leaders. And it's for the good of the girls. Yeah. Like it just was such yeah. a heart check for me. Yeah. And I was like, well, shoot. And it was just so convicting. It was so like pride, 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 oh. pride, pride, you know? Yeah. And so, um, I don't know. It's just, we do encourage people with that. And it speaks, I think, directly to this idea of like caring more about the kingdom than about yourself, your thing. For sure. Well, when you say pride, I mean, we won't unveil, uh, unveil, unpack. We won't un-whatever this too much because we'll do that in another episode. But like, I think it's the culprit that I want to least suspect, if that makes sense. It's like, oh, I don't want that to be the problem because, Mm -hmm. I mean... Nobody, everybody else has pride it's and not me. Like, I mean, it's always the problem. It, it really is always. <laughs> it's problem. always. And of course, <laughs> sorry. I just, it's, no, I mean, it, I think, I think even in your, what you're going into and even somebody out there is like, no, I don't struggle with pride. I struggle with insecurity. No, but it's pride. I know. Like it is. I mean, I really, if, if I had to come to, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It, it just demonstrates itself yes. in different ways, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. There are yeah. those of us that are like, yeah, you know, we're, the most humble people we know. Oh and gosh. then there's the people that act, you know, like, Oh no, I'm sorry. Yes. You know, and I, but it's and all, both. it's yeah, it's yep. not, it's, it's pride. It's yep. just, how do you choose to partner with yep. it? Yep. 100%. And so that Melanie's has been, laughing at I'm just laughing. Cause I'm sure this is the most feel good episode ever. Oh, all yeah. you people struggle. <laughs> yeah. We're yeah. all, we all <laughs> I'm the, look, I'm, 
first in line. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Just I'll, be I'll very share clear. with you. It's, it, it, yeah. But that has been, so it's been humbling and it's been sobering, but it ha, but you know what? It's been freeing because yeah. when I can go, mm-hmm. oh, that actually is a problem. Jesus, I need help. People, mm-hmm. I need help. Like there's room to move forward versus staying stuck in the same burnout, frustrated, envious, comparative. I don't know if that's yeah, yeah. I just made it up. But actually, but can you go back? Can you say that thing that you were, you said a second ago about kingdom? I think you you wrote it on your paper or something. I, did, I, just, I, did I see it, it over there. I wouldn't have remembered. <laughs> um, just if we're focused on the kingdom, then we don't have a mindset that's looking around. Okay. That, right? So if you have a kingdom yes. mindset, then you are not even worried about what's happening around you. 100%. And we, right now, I mean, I feel like comparison is a hot culture topic, but the truth is that it's been around since sin entered the world. And you're so right. Like if we are busy doing what God has given, what he's placed in our hands to do, like we're, we're gonna, we don't have time. Not that you won't struggle with it, but you're busy getting at it. And yeah. the verse that's kind of like changed my life in this area has been Hebrews 12, where it talks about run, you know, run the race set before you and fix your eyes mm-hmm. on Jesus and throw off everything that hinders. And I always thought, oh man, throw off everything that hinders. That means like, you know, like my wounds and like my pain and my really, and then the Lord this last year was like, no, I actually mean your pride and your obsession with mm. comparing yourself to everybody, mm. like throw it off. Cause we ain't got time. Nobody ain't got time That's for good. that. So good. sorry. When you said that, I was like, when Brooke starts, like when the preacher kid comes out, I get excited. <laughs> I'm like yes, she's yes. running in place. Is it Melanie <laughs> staring at me like, oh dear lord, what is she gonna say? No, 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 no. I'm just it's kidding. good. I mean, no, we, the the no, Louisiana I'm, accent I'm comes out a little bit too. It's good. Uh, yeah, I like it. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. So, so you know, of course, we're gonna want to share with you or. or give some kind of practical tip for this week. So um, this week, we want to challenge you guys to ask the Lord to just reveal those hidden places in your heart that where you have believed maybe um, in scarcity rather than in his abundance. And then ask yourself, how has this affected the way you interact with others? What kind of fruit is manifesting from these ungodly beliefs? Jealousy, envy, quarreling, comparison, like we talked about. Um, and then just spend some time in confession and asking the Lord to help you trust that he really is the God of plenty. So, yeah. <laughs> there you go. So basically just, yeah. It was good. That's, no, that's a perfect takeaway. I just think it's, you know, yeah. we're going somewhere good, y'all. We're going somewhere good with this. It's just basically like, it hurts confess, a little. <laughs> find out confess. what's at the root of all your pride. Yeah. But I love, I love Rachel, what you said. It's, it's one of those things where it's like when the Holy Spirit, when the Lord convicts, like it's so, it can sting, but oh my goodness, is it so freeing and, yeah. it, and it helps you move into, move in and out of that place. Cause that is a, just a place of bondage and you may not even yes. know that you're operating out of that place. But man, when you start to break free from that, you're like, whoa, that was holding me back. Yes. And so you may be going, man, I don't want to listen to this episode anymore. This does not feel <laughs> <Fast> good, <forward. laughs> but, but we're going somewhere good. Yes. And. And I truly do believe that if we can identify some of these things and allow the Holy Spirit to convict us when needed, that there's there's like so much freedom and life and kingdom building on the other yes. side of it. So I'm just really excited about where we're headed in this series. So we just got started, y'all. Melanie's preaching now. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I like it. In worst case, you can just make fun of us. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be fine. It's always an option. Just, just judge us. Always an option. That doesn't have anything to do with your own judge pride. Judge our, our struggles. <laughs> I'm just it's okay. No, no. And it's pride. No. no. Um, <laughs> anyway, guys, I'm excited about where we're going. we got some really great episodes coming up in this series, so we hope that you will join us then. We're so glad you joined us today. 
We'd love for you to head on over to iTunes and leave us a review. You can also find previous episodes there. Mercy Multiplied is a nonprofit organization completely funded by our donors. We're incredibly grateful and couldn't do what we do without them. If you want to find out more how you can partner with us financially, head over to mercymultiplied.com. <laughs>